Hey, hello, welcome to this episode number 12 of my podcast, You Are The Art. I'm Ange Miller, Australian artist and wholehearted advocate for the creative identity of humanity. That means that I passionately desire full creative capacity for you, precious human, because this heals, enriches and expands us like nothing else. This is your birthright. Today, I'm thrilled to share a recent conversation with you with fellow Aussie artist, Carmel Jenkin. Carmel is based in Melbourne and we've known each other just through Instagram DMs and comments over the last few years. And if you pop through to Carmel's website or Instagram, and I've listed all the links below, you'll see why I love her. Her art richly expresses in lines and tones, winding a unique poetry around the female form. And as you'll hear in the following story, this is her lifelong commitment and obsession. Just reading from her website, my work references various personal events and episodes that have shaped my own connection to my body, a journey of self-awareness that hasn't been an easy one. I'm forever obsessed with the capacity of the human body to tell a story through line, shape, texture and shade. We cover a lot of topics in this chat. We start off talking about NFTs and Carmel's experience with dabbling in this. We talk about how she juggles being an artist and a mum and how she's learned to pivot to become a professional artist. Carmel has been at this for most of her life, so I know that you're going to get a lot out of hearing her seasoned artist wisdom, as did I. We kind of just launch right into our chat like excited long lost friends. So this is the beginning. <laughs> I hope you enjoy the listen. Thanks so much for doing this with me. It just feels- oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. And, and, and before I can even get in, I want to say, you have been someone I've followed for a long time, but what I love about you is how you're so caring. I mean, I love your work. You're beautiful, abstract colors. I mean, the colors are just beautiful. And there's like a I symphony when I look at your art. It just, it just flows so beautifully, but it's also your, like, you, you really care for people and you care for artists. You care for artists' well-being mentally and emotionally and you've even helped me. Like I remember oh, I went through a good. few different things, just little things that you've said and you've made me think differently. Um, you're just, you're a giver. And I really appreciate that because, you know, in the world of Instagram and social media, everyone's about me, 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 how can I be the best and how, you know, but you're about helping others be the best. And that's what I love about you. Oh, I love that about you. you. Yeah. That is so affirming and I do care, I really care because I, I know that, yeah. well, the older I get, I know that we're one and if if we're not looking out for other people, then we're actually not, It's we're not doing well. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's 100%. Can't expect not, every, much. not everybody thinks like you, so yeah. it's good that there's someone like you to help others think differently so they can do that for others as well. It's infectious. That so, is what I, all yeah. I could hope for. So, well, thank you. That's, That's really right. encouraging. I just wanted to get that in before <laughs> before you start giving me the hard questions. <laughs> Hopefully they're not too hard. I've actually been looking at your links and I noticed that you said you're not tech savvy, but you've got some kind of what's this what's this um 0.15 business. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm what not tech savvy at all, and that's called um NF that's called NFTs. Um, I sort of I don't really talk about it much on Instagram because okay. the way I look at it is I probably should, but um, I'm just taking my time because I want to see how I go in NFT world, and because I don't fully understand it yet myself. Mm-hmm. However, um. I have put a link there because I have started. I started probably in uh, December last year. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a very, very interesting wild ride of highs and lows. And um, I'm really glad that I did it and I'm still doing it. The reason why I haven't put it much on my Instagram is because the way I look at it, I've been 
you know, I've been on Instagram for a long time and I've sort of, all the people that have followed me know me for my art and a lot of people, you know, appreciate my traditional art and a lot of people sort of don't understand NFTs yet. And I sort of want to ease them into it. I don't mm. want to sort of say, you know, um, and a lot of artists also are very skeptical of NFTs. They think it's a fad. So it's not that I'm thinking about what they're thinking. It's just, I've presented myself as a traditional artist and I'm showing my work and I sort of just want to keep it that way for a bit. I'll just show snippets and eventually when I'm feeling a hundred percent, then I'll just show everything. But yeah, okay. um, 0.15, that was uh, what I would sell one of my NFTs as, and that's in Ethereum, if you wanted to know. Is, is that right. what you were asking? Yes, yes. Do you do like, NFTs? <laughs> no, no. I've, I've kind of I've looked into it a little bit, but I think I would need someone else to sort it out for me. But, oh, I'm... Okay, what you just <laughs> said, what you just said I, is 100% right. Because I would not have done this. I um, There was an artist that had, well, I had followed on Instagram for a long period of time. She had followed me. We both supported each other. And then I noticed that she was doing NFTs and she was selling one every day. And I was really interested. And this was about the time when Instagram was going through all that algorithm stuff. And a lot of my posts sometimes don't get seen or they don't go through hashtags and um, I've just had a lot of issues over the past couple of years. Mm. So I just thought, you know what, I want to try something else. I just want to pivot. And um, I contacted her and she she basically, she's such a great person and a great friend. She said, look, I'll mentor you uh, within the NFT space and, and then you can take it from there. And she basically held my hand through the process and help me understand everything. And you know what, to this day, I still don't understand everything, <laughs> but you know, it's a matter of getting onto YouTube and see, but you know, it's, it's actually a very interesting world because it's um, you basically can sell your work again um, as a secondary mm. and make a commission from that, which is something that you can't do with your art. So once you're as a traditional artist, once you sell your work, it's gone. But with NFTs, the digital image of it or how it is digitally can sell. And then when it resells, you still make money. So it's great for an extra income resource. Mm. And I mean, I think what, I mean, okay, all artists love creating art, but we also want to make money. And sometimes money is a hard thing for artists to talk about. Mm -hmm. Either they're just, you know, it's just a bit of a subject. So, but um, it's just, it's actually an extra income source. Like it's just um, diversifying yourself. Yeah. But it's like, for example, I never, I used to say, I'll never do prints. I, I was one of those artists that said, I'm never going to do prints. Everything's going to be originals. And, and then when someone wanted to buy a piece and I just couldn't, I didn't have the heart to sell it because I loved it so much. He said, why don't you do a limited edition print? And I just, I armed an art about it for days. And then I thought, okay, you know what? share the love, share the love, see how it goes. And it was against what I really believed in, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I did it and I, I've nearly sold out of this, wow. this artwork. Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally, it's, it's probably the fav- my most favourite piece I've ever created. But um, anyway, I'm just diverting. Um, no, it's great. <laughs> this is all really yeah. good information. <laughs> yeah, so basically... Um, I never said I would do prints. I did prints. I mean, I never even said I'd join Instagram, you know, Mm. back years ago um, when I was doing um, shows with, you know, being represented by a gallery. When Instagram started, I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to do Instagram. And I did it. So it's sort of the same with NFTs. And granted, I understand um, it's in crypto and it's hard for everyone to get their head around. But actually, once you do understand it a little bit, it's that extra sort of income and it's also getting your name out there to mm. different buyers. Yeah. So, and why yeah. not? Um, why not in this day and age? I put too much of my time into Instagram and relying on Instagram only for yeah. some of it to be taken away from me. So like, for example, now I'm, I'm losing followers every day. I don't know yeah. if it's because, I mean, my Instagram reels, uh, I, you, know, you understand this because I've mm-hmm. seen some of your reels. I appreciate the photo post. Uh, it was a lot easier for us because video content just takes up a lot of your time. And 
you know, thinking mm. of a video to do, it's, it's like an art form within itself, isn't it? That's right, it is. And, yeah, yeah so basically, um, hang on, I've lost track. What was I talking about? <laughs> um, we're talking about, like, pivoting and, you know, going down the path of NFTs and opening yourself up to new audiences and why not. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly yeah. agree. And I think that um, it's all about efficiency, these different income streams. Like you make one piece of art, you can sell prints, you can sell NFTs. Why not? <laughs> we do. Yeah. We need yeah, that's everything what I was we can it get. Because, it's because in, I relied on Instagram too much and then I realised it was taken away from me a little bit and I realised I need to do other things. And I think you do need to do that as an artist. You always need to pivot and go with the times. So because, I mean, soon... Instagram is going to be doing NFTs. And once that happens, I think a lot of artists will come on board. So mm. it's always good to be a little bit early or at least Absolutely. understand it. And But, you know, I mean, however, if you don't want to do it, that's completely fine as well. I mean, galleries are open again. It was, I mean, through COVID, nothing was open. But, you know, mm. things are opening up again. You know, if artists want to go down that track, that's, you know, that's fabulous as well. It just depends on what you want. Mm. So, yeah, yep. <clears throat> whether whether you want to be making more money out of like what you're doing, or if you'd rather keep this idea of um, integrity of originals and and you don't need to make the extra money, that's all up to you. But I think, yeah, I, that's really fascinating, and you I'm glad we both. talked about that. You can you can absolutely you can still do your original artwork. You can still do prints and you can also do nfts which is what i'm doing so it's just a matter of um just keeping things keeping things open it's just it, you don't have to just strictly be an nft mm. artist so so, that's so the I'm nft saying. the nft that you're selling is an image of artwork that you've made and sold um okay so basically you know, when I started doing NFTs, I thought it had to be something that was moving. Um, so I thought I had to put one of my artworks through a certain app and, mm. and make it move. And that that is an option. But I I didn't want to do that because, you know, I'm not great on a computer. I'm not very, as I said to you before, I'm not very tech savvy. And I didn't want to do any sort of drawing on the iPad. Mm -hmm. I, I don't do that. I'm very hands-on. I'm very, yeah. I do hand drawings. And I love me using too. my hand in my work. Yeah, you're exactly like me. So mm. you totally get it. So I researched and I'm basically, you know, I was told you can take a really good quality raw image of your artwork and then that can be your NFT. And you put okay. it through whichever, I mean, the first one that I joined was OpenSea, but there's also, I mean, there's other ones as well that, I think you need to, they need okay. to approve you. If they like you <clears> so, so these are platforms that sell the yeah. NFT for you or um, just, it's a distribution. Yeah, I think the good start off is OpenSea and then when you sort of develop a bit of momentum or if another platform likes your work, you sort of supply your image and they approve, approve you if they, if they like your work. So it sort of, sort of goes like that. Okay. Yeah, OpenSea is the basic platform to start off at and that's where I um started and I had it I, I sort of started at a good time when there was a bit more money um going around in in ETH and then um so I went through a high and pretty much every image I put out I, I sold pretty much right away and then it started to go down when ETH went down so you sort of got a which is this stuff I don't understand but the money goes up and money goes down and that's that's the I suppose that's why a lot of artists think it's a fad because it's it's unreliable. But I sort of, it still stays there, but sort of no one will buy it or it will just sit for a bit. But then when money went up again, I started to sell again. And yeah, mm. it, just, it just depends. It's, it's yeah, it's an interesting world. Um, um, sort of, and you need to also be on Twitter for that. Instagram sort of isn't the place to be. I mean, it can be, but it's, yeah, Twitter is more where, a lot of the NFT artists are at and collecting. interesting. Do you have a Twitter account? I do, but I it's it's not loved. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't I, really been there. 
Yeah, I mean, so that lady that was mentoring me, she said, you, you know, you need to get your Twitter up and running. I thought, oh, yeah, I do have a Twitter, but <laughs> yeah. I haven't used it since um, 2000. Come to think of it, I do and, have one. <laughs> yeah, 2015, 2040. It's just, you know, it's actually really hard to um, be on every single social media platform mm-hmm. and give it 100%. And, and the Another thing is you can't really post on one thing and then repurpose the exactly the same thing onto another because it doesn't get engagement. You have That's to right. really, yeah. I mean, everyone thought, oh, you can just do that in one one swoop, but it doesn't work like that because they're all competing with each other for attention. Yeah. So it's good tricky. point. <laughs> yeah, it's, what it's what really... works really well on Instagram isn't really yeah. going to go off on Facebook. And and yeah. won't be that good on TikTok, but it's okay, you know. You on TikTok? Are you on TikTok? Can yeah. I ask? Yeah. When did when did you join TikTok? Oh, I think it was about a year ago, and I wasn't really focusing on it. I just put something on there every now and again, but I, I was still growing. Were and you, so I thought, what, okay, oh, okay, well, if if I'm growing without actually feeding this thing, then I should probably think about it a bit more seriously (laughs) and I yeah I started figuring out what um what kind of post was good for TikTok and I I found out that it's that um more involved like telling a story or um yeah so I I started creating videos especially for it and I think my my best one um my most viral one (laughs) it's still only about like it's still under 300,000 um, plays but oh, that's like fantastic yeah it, it just went off and I was just getting like hundreds of followers like every day I think that is fantastic. I haven't got to 10k yet but like it's it's growing and you don't lose followers if you don't post this is what I don't understand I really don't understand yeah. it but I, I try not yeah. to think about it too much because it, yeah, it just I, makes um, you go all scarcity so you joined last year so you had that viral post last year yeah that was when everybody that wanted to do well on TikTok should have joined last year or the year before because there wasn't a lot of people Mm. on the platform. So now, so I only joined a month ago. I said I would never join TikTok, just like Instagram, just like (laughs) just like Prince. Yeah. It's not for me. Oh hang on. Yeah. (laughs) I yeah, exactly. So I'm never gonna say never again. But um the reason why I joined TikTok is because I listen to a lot of podcasts and through doing NFTs, I was, I listened to Gary V. Do you, do you listen yeah, to him? Yeah, I love Gary. Yeah. I love Gary. And All the respect. He motivates me a lot, like his personality and how he, he's sort of, he's just real and authentic and yeah. you know how he's always pushing video content and TikTok and yep. I thought, oh, I really don't want to do TikTok <laughs> and I'm just, I'm already exhausted with sort of Instagram reels and and then I thought at that time, I thought I'll just repurpose some things. I didn't think about how they were competing with each other, but I thought I've got so much video content in my phone. I may as well do it because I was really annoyed with Instagram at the time. So um, I started an account just maybe, I think maybe a month ago. So um, oh, yeah, I'm only, nice. I'm only, no one knows I'll I'm look on you there. Up. I mean, no one knows I'm there. I, I actually like being anonymous now. Everybody knows, but um, yeah, I sort of wanted to find my way. I didn't promote it on Instagram that I was on TikTok or anything. I just wanted to see how I would go being anonymous. And um, at first I found it a little bit challenging, just sort of, uh, it's just a different, like a younger mm-hmm. vibe, but then, but then, you know, I've seen people my age on it. It's just, it's racy. And then I just blocked everything out and I started treat, I, I actually started to enjoy it because I started to treat my little videos as like diary entries. Mm. And sometimes I think, I wish I could do that for my Instagram reels. I really think differently for how I do my reels on Instagram, but on TikTok, I can come up with something in like five seconds in my mind and just put it down with a little bit of a caption that one of their viral tracks. And then it just, works for me so I've just been treating it as a diary entry I'm, I haven't had Brilliant. anything go I haven't had anything go viral or anything but I'm I'm you know I've just got to my first thousand followers whatever to so I can put my links on there and awesome yeah still still navigating my way but it's I don't feel I like I like how there's no pressure like yeah. you just just do whatever and you can experiment and um 
yeah, that, but you know, it is another platform. So it is a matter of scheduling another bit of the time of your day to another platform. But you know, that's right. And answering comments so that you're a real person to people. And yeah, it's a whole extra thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And there's another platform at the moment because, you know, a lot of artists have been upset with um, Instagram moving into Reels. Mm. Um, There's Vero. Have you heard of Vero? I did have a little look at that. Have you started an account? I have, but I'm very, I'm just taking my time um, because it's only because I miss the photograph platform. I miss just but I'm I'm bringing it back to Instagram now. I'm I'm done with it. I'm like, who cares anymore? I'm just, you know, <laughs> they say it's true. You've just got to be you. And um, I was doing what they wanted for a bit, and now I'm like, you know what? I just I miss the photo. And and a lot of my followers have written to me saying, I, I miss your photographs. You know, I miss yeah. how it used to be. It's just like too racy. I can't concentrate. And um, so I'm going to bring it back because. Because I love it, I love I love a still photo. I think you can appreciate the artwork better. But Vero is what Instagram used to be. Say, what? How long has Instagram been? Maybe eight years ago, just five years ago at least. Yeah. Just you know, um, but you know, I see a lot of photographers on there, and some artists have migrated there just for that. It's not it's not based on interest. You know how Instagram makes you look at people that you don't necessarily want to see, whereas Miro mm. lets you look at people in order, like how Instagram used to and be. And kind of just discover it naturally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's no race. You can put videos on there and I see some artists have, but you don't have to. And I see a lot of artists just putting in situ and you do a lot of in situ images, like mm. the artwork in the house. Yeah. So um, it's just very still. So I, I, I felt really relaxed yes. when I went to that platform. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, this is funny, but it's almost as if you have to change your personality for each platform. Mm. Like on Twitter, it's a certain, you know, with the NFTs, with Instagram, Instagram, I'm more myself um, and uh, TikTok different again, diary entry. So yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Thanks for that. And then we're mums at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, that's actually... That's one of my questions and we we okay. might, might as well delve into that now. So sure. um, you are a professional artist and mother, so yes. there is a lot going on in your day-to-day. How have you learned to juggle all the things? <laughs> We've already well, touched on this, still, but we don't. Kept, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not going to say it's easy. Um, it, it is a juggle. It is a juggle, but when you have drive, and for me, creating the art and creating the content is the primary thing for me. So basically, if I can just say in a nutshell, um, during the week, say Monday, I start my day, I wake up, take my kid to school, lunch, um, make a lunch, take it to school. And then when I get home, um, I start actually batching content for reels because I like to get it done early in the week because I don't want to have to think about it later on I just want it Mm. out of the way that's a good strategy yeah I sort of go on explore and oh no discover I go on discover and not really artists I look at you know whatever's there and if there's an audio or something that interests me I sort of relate it to my to my art and I'll just save the post and yeah so I'll start batching real content because I have so many videos in my phone and then I'll I'll go to gym after that. I I go to gym probably every day. So I need to work out to keep myself physically physically and mentally healthy um, Mm -hmm. and alert. And then once I get back, I start doing some video content. I'll either do a time-lapse. I'll definitely do my speed sketching. I do speed sketching for like, it's almost like a warm-up, but it's almost like meditation. Oh, so good, yes. Oh, I, I absolutely love it. I don't know if you saw my reel, but I've got like an old dictionary. That yes, I did see that. It was juicy and so, oh. um, yeah, energizing to see that. Oh, I totally I get how that works. Yeah, it's I'm I'm enjoying it so much, and I actually haven't bought much paper lately because it's just so expensive at the moment. But yeah. um, I've just been speed sketching, and for me, um, 
it's almost ideas for larger paintings that I want to do later on if I ever get to it. And um, are you just so, making up things in your head or are you responding to photographs or where? Uh, yeah, no, definitely there's there's no reference. It's all imagination and intuition um, and just just like going with the flow, letting my, letting my marks go with whatever direction they want to go to and almost like reducing shapes. Um, it, it's a complete rebellion to my usual emotive, more detailed drawings that I, that I do most of the time. So it's almost just um, like a balance. It's almost as if I need it to do the, the harder pieces, um, but I just, I, I love it. And I want to create a collection with these small works and turn them into large paintings later on. But first I want to fin finish the dictionary. I'm, I'm not even halfway through and it's just awesome because there's just finish so many pages. Okay, I just have to interrupt here because this is such a crucial and solid point. This idea of showing up with no pressure and it is an achievable action that you can do every day, which is what any long-term love affair needs. And you must have a long-term love affair with your creativity if you are going to be a successful artist or creative. And for that to be rewarding and meaningful and authentic, there has got to be a daily practice that's achievable. So this is what Carmel does. She just bangs out simple sketches in an old dictionary that she was going to discard anyway. And you can hear it's already becoming so much more than this. I do speed sketching and then I'll do a time lapse with a more serious drawing because I can use that also for video content for a reel. So it's sort of getting two things done at once. Mm. And then by the time that's finished, I need to pick my daughter up from school. Mm. And I'm one of those mums that's turning up to school with charcoal in her fingers <laughs> and everyone's got beautiful manicured hands and I'm like hiding my hands. But, no, you know, let, let's normalise that. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> Pain on my face. I, <laughs> I, I, I still, my, my face is presentable, but my my hands are just like I, I never I never get my nails done or anything. I'm just, this is this is my life and, you know, this is what I am. Yeah, At least charcoal's my... sanitary. Oh, <laughs> uh, but it stays. I mean, it really, and I really use my fingers in the work because when the charcoal gets blunt, I end up just, it just chuck, goes on the floor and then I just start using my fingers through the whole piece and it's just, yeah, I love it. I pick my daughter up from school and then I need to stay present with my family because I noticed there was a stage when I was looking on my phone a lot and I was really distracted and I didn't mm. like, I didn't like that my daughter was noticing that and so I've yeah. stopped that now. So when I pick her up, it's just family time. And then um, when, you know, after dinner and, you know, after she goes to bed, I actually, I have dinner myself, I have dinner late and then I start working again in the studio and I, I'm naturally a night owl because for 21 years, I only work one shift a week now. I'm not going to quit my job. Ooh. Basically, I used to do night shift for years, so I have dinner quite late and that's what's made me a night owl. I still, I go to bed probably one or two o'clock in the morning. So I actually start working. I do some more drawings late at night and definitely no camera. My work actually, I feel, turns out better when there's no camera behind me. Mm. It's just, I'll always know it's there when I'm doing something for a reel. But when I'm working, you know, in the middle of the night and everyone's asleep, that's, that's my favourite time to create art. And that's how mm. I've always done it late at night. Beautiful. So that's, that's my day. I, I survive on coffee. I only have one coffee a day. I do need to work on going to bed earlier, but it's just hard at the moment. So um, I'm just getting probably having six hours sleep a night, maybe on a good night. So it's just a matter of slotting it in when everyone's asleep or when they're at school and just mm. doing the best you can. And then there are some days I can't get anything done and I procrastinate. For example, I need to get some collections ready. I want to release a pregnant nude collection. I've got all the work done, but I haven't photographed it yet and, you know, loaded it onto my website and, you know. That is a huge job. I understand that procrastination. <laughs> and actually NFTs have sort of distracted me a little bit because um, usually I release maybe two or three collections a year and mm. I've been a little bit distracted of late. So I really need to work on my time management. So I haven't written in my diary, but sometimes I don't tick off everything. So it's hard to fit everything in, in a day, but I just try my best and not be too hard on myself. 
That is key. I think being gentle with yourself, but at the same time, the discipline, you know, taking yourself to the gym, making sure that you've got those things in where there's a bit of structure and discipline and uh, looking after your organism. (laughs) Yeah, but then that gentleness as well with not being too hard on yourself. If you don't get everything ticked off or if you forget something or, you know, quite often I'll double book things like what I did with you. You know, I really really appreciate I really appreciated your post this week on how you were going to do a live, but you had a nap. No, no, no. Honestly, I completely understood that. And I, I like how you put it on your platform because we are all so busy. And sometimes Keeping it real. I, I think I did a reel about how I take it. Because I'll just put a collection all on my floor and then I just have, I'll just go on the couch and lie down. <laughs> I'm just yep. like, oh. It's actually a lot to be an artist these days with socials and everything before it was a little bit easier, but now with all the different platforms and yeah. Yep. Well, I'd love to hear about that. This is funny. We're doing it all backwards, but if you could just tell us a little bit about this process of becoming a professional artist. At school, I wasn't really good at um, English or maths or science, but my art just sort of improved after it just went to a next level after my mom passed away. I, started doing paintings of her. My very first painting was of my mum. And then I started doing, I even did a collage of her earrings. I just, all the images I did was of my mother. And and then basically I was getting top marks. So I was feeling good about myself. And then I knew I wanted to be an artist already. So that was just already cemented in my mind from when I was 16, 15 years of age. After school had finished, there was a coordinator, an art coordinator that, that took me under her wing. And she really liked my work and um, she started to supply it into building in Brisbane. I'm from Brisbane and there was like these huge office buildings and in the CBD and um, she started putting my artwork in there and that would sell out. And I was only really young. So wow. I, I probably should say that I, after school, I went, I got into art uni, uh, I was studying visual arts. So I went through that sort of program. There are pros and cons to art school, but we can talk about that another time. But yeah, so basically the images that I was creating through Art University, she was supplying it to these buildings and I had sold out there. And then she introduced me to a gallery owner in the Gold Coast. So as soon as I finished, I had gone through some health problems. I I had an eating disorder. So mm. I, um, I sort of spoke about it a couple of times on my Instagram, but the post got censored. So, um, yeah, it, I think it was because it's a delicate subject, but it's what I went through. I, I was, um, I had an eating disorder for about four years. Um, I don't know if it was a symptom of my grief from Mm. mum passing away or I did feel lost. I was partying a lot, um, in my late teens and I felt lost, but art was the only thing and, and going to art school was keeping me grounded and. Um, it was actually through art school that I started doing life drawing and that was when I found my heart and soul and I thought this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I just want to draw. So basically I, I migrated from doing paintings for my mom to doing life drawing and then because I was suffering from an eating disorder I was drawing women and actually back then it was more skeletal. So from what I was going through I think you know it was a way for me to cope. So sort of essentially drawing me in a way. Mm. But not really sure I was doing it. I, you know, yeah, I was I was doing that for a long period of time, and then I knew this is this is all I want to do for the rest of my life. I just want to draw women. So basically, it hasn't stopped since then. Once I had the eating disorder, I knew that I needed to leave Brisbane and live with my brother because I needed a support network to get better. So mm. I actually I moved from Brisbane to Melbourne, and I left my sort of what was happening with my art behind because I put myself first because I just wanted to get better and I did I got better but the problem was moving to a new city I had no contacts no one knew me as an artist there was no Instagram no social media the only way you could be known as an artist is to be represented by a gallery so I was like essentially starting again at 24 years of age so I had two shows on my belt a degree and and you know with no socials I'm like So I started working in retail and then um, one day 
I was walking the streets with my brother and I ran into this guy that I used to date for a little bit in Brisbane and for some reason he'd become this great artist and he knew that I was an artist in Brisbane so he said why don't you meet my my gallery owner he might like your work and he goes I'll hook you up and I just thought, oh, okay. I didn't think too much of it because I know it's just hard to get into any galleries, you know. Mm. And um, so he set up an interview and it was a really good gallery in Melbourne in the CBD and it was beautiful, expensive jewellery downstairs. It's Kosminski and upstairs was just an elaborate gallery. And um, I had an interview and all I had was, um, you know, those black folio cases yeah. where you, and the photographs. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just have one of those <laughs> and <laughs> I was showing him that and I was thinking there's no way he's going to take me on. He was just looking and he was going, yeah, 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 yeah. He closed the book and he goes, oh, yeah, I'll take you on. I'll give you a show. I go, oh. <laughs> so it was it was like, I like your work. He goes, I like your real, si-. he just liked my real simple lines. He didn't like any of the busy works. Because I, mm. you know, how I do sort of emotive and heavily worked pieces, mm. and then the simple lines. He yeah. really appreciated this, and he said, "Can you just do a collection of the simple lines?" And he goes, "But I want you to do painting." And painting was something that I was always really apprehensive about because I don't like using paintbrushes. Um, so I was a little bit, uh, but he he actually supplied three large canvases to me. I think they were in my house for like oh, a wow. month or so, and I was just so I didn't know. I was so scared because it was so big. And you know how you can sometimes get precious when you don't do something a lot? And especially yes. A, it was a painting, and B, it was a it was a size canvas that I had never worked on before. And you didn't have your uh, speed drawing dictionary thing going yet? No, no. <laughs> I had all the drawings done for the show, so that was all done because I, I draw, I would draw sometimes eight, eight a day, and back then paper was a lot cheaper, So and so was charcoal. So I was just... I had my cabinet full of works already, but painting was like, so um, I did have a little sketchbook and I, I used to, you know, do little sketches and I used three of those that I liked the most and I just made them large paintings, but I had to figure out what sort of brush because I just, I don't like brushes and I needed a brush that could draw. Mm. Back then I hadn't discovered oil sticks. Um, I didn't even know if oil sticks were, I think they were around, but I just didn't know of them. Yeah. So um, I just spoke to <clears throat> Yeah, they were definitely yeah. around. I used to use them. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I discovered them later on and I love them so much. But, yeah, originally I just thought, okay, it has to be a brush. And basically um, the lady at the art shop said, try this. It's like a calligraphy Japanese brush. Yep. And, yeah, and you just dip the – Kind the of um, like a mop brush. Mop yeah, brush shape, it looks, yeah. It's sort of like a, yeah, you're right. It's sort of like a mop brush. There's a name for it, but I don't know what it's called. And um, I use the golden paint because that just, for me, has the, it just comes out flat. When I applied it, it felt it felt good and that was the best I could do. But the images actually worked out and I've actually sold all that those three paintings. So, and I actually continued to do that sort of style for a bit. I haven't lately, but I need to get back to it. I've actually bought some canvases, but haven't picked them up. I had a show with him and then that went on for, I had three solo shows with him actually. And the third one was in 2009 and that was when the recession hit. So I think people were just, you know, tight with money and he decided to have no more exhibitions. So I was sort of tossed back into the world again, not knowing what to do with myself and how to promote myself. I wasn't represented after that. So I just thought, okay, the only person I can rely on is me. So uh, I just basically, and that was when social media had started. And mm. what I did was I started a, a blog on Tumblr. Do you remember how yeah. blogging sort of? Yeah. So I, I started a Tumblr blog and, and then basically there was an online art gallery called Daily Painters. And um, I joined that. So you could just basically put your artwork on there and then people would contact you. You didn't even need to put your price on there. People would just email you that they were interested. So I was putting, I was doing my Tumblr blog and then I was putting my work on Daily Painters. People were emailing me, then I give them a price and then I started to sell my work that way. And I, I brought down the prices a lot because I thought it's different to a gallery. I mean, it's not framed and I need to, for me, it's, 
Um, I'm sort of beyond my ego. I just wanted my work to get out there and sort of the more my work sells, the more eyeballs see it. So I just started at a low price point because I was, just wasn't sure how it would go on an online art gallery. It was just all apprehensive. But you know what? I, I actually love that because I always used to get so nervous when I was at my art exhibitions. Um, I just used to say things and it just sounded like verbal vomit <laughs> because, it, yeah. because it's just really it's a hard funny to describe. Yeah, and I was I was just so, yeah, but when it was online, you didn't have to meet them. It was just an email and you you don't, you know, in an email you can word everything perfectly, you can edit it. So I really enjoyed doing daily painters and um, I was doing that for a while and then Instagram had started. My Actually, my Tumblr blog was taken down. There's so many ins and outs of my story. <laughs> but yeah, my Tumblr blog was taken down because... They said that a Russian spy had reblogged. I don't know. They gave, I think it was because of the community guidelines, to be honest with you, because of the nudity. But um, wow. who, who knows? But my website was attached to it. So everything was taken down. So I was basically only doing daily painters with no website. And I thought, oh, and then Instagram had started. So I then joined Instagram hesitantly. And um, I was doing Instagram daily painters with no website for years. Can you believe it? I had no website. I just didn't get myself together, but I was selling work. And then daily painters was taken down. They just stopped doing it. I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And um, I was just, I have to pivot again. So um, when daily painters was taken down, I was basically relying solely on Instagram. By then, I'd built up a following. So it was good. And then I'm like, I need to get a website together. I got a website in 2019, professional one, just before COVID hit. And then COVID hit. It was sort of a blessing in disguise that I had that website done before COVID because once COVID hit and, you know, you could, everyone was staying home and, you know, no one could work. Everything changed for me. My art took off. Out of all the years I've been producing art, and it's been 28 years, all the highs and lows and having exhibitions through 2020 2021 was probably the years I made you know I sold the most work had the most impact everything changed for me my following grew it was a massive learning experience for me I wasn't really good at on the business side of things I remember I put on my website a painting but I put the postage at I, I didn't know I just I didn't think I would sell a painting to Brooklyn New York uh, in America yeah. I didn't think I would sell but someone bought one of my paintings and I put the postage for like <laughs> 250 but when I actually went to the shop to post it they said oh the postage is actually 450 <gasps> so I, I like I, I was so inexperienced in so many yeah, different ways I've done that said, <laughs> yeah so they got such a great deal but it's been now I had to change all my shipping prices and because most of my work has sold to America and all over the world. It was just amazing through COVID. I think, you know, everyone was sort of getting money from the government and they're at home doing Zoom meetings, so they wanted art for their walls. But yes. Yeah, and also, you know, with Instagram, video content was getting pushed. So, with, I mean, I don't think I even did an Insta story until 2020. I never used to do videos or anything. So my first one was in during COVID. So everything sort of changed for me and then, and then when Instagram Reels hit, I mean, that was good as well in the beginning because it could get a lot of reach. Mm. Now it's definitely mellowed down uh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's just, this is my whole story of ups and lows. I don't know if that took too long, but yeah. No, it's so this interesting. This is where I'm at now. During the pandemic, I could have just stayed on Instagram and everything was just great, just selling my work. But then after that, I don't know, probably this year with the algorithm changes, I just... I started to lose momentum. Um, mm. People weren't buying as much. I lose followers all the time. Yeah, now, me too. I lose yep. more than I gain. Mm. Yeah, so I've had to. That's why I started doing NFTs. I've known in the past to pivot. So now I just know it's in my blood. I just got to pivot. Nothing ever stays the same. So you'll you'll have your highs, but things can move for you. So yeah, so. that's right. That's it. And I think that idea of pivoting and looking for new places to branch out and grow. It, I'm, I'm just thinking energetically because I know that when doors close, it's understandable to fall into that scarcity mindset. And then, you know, what good is going to come out of you? Because you, you just 
taking it personally in lots of ways, being a victim and just thinking, oh, nothing ever works out for me, everything, you know, all these doors closed. Uh, I, I, I felt like that many times, but, that, <laughs> yeah. but that's actually the basis of my art because a lot of my art is about rejection. I draw rejection. Uh, a lot of my images are emotive, sad, in sad positions, and I've experienced a lot of rejection in my life. That is so you know, fascinating because I've actually never felt that from your work. To me, it's it's like this fascinating and expressive poetry in lots of instances, and I'm probably thinking of the minimal ones that you're talking about. It's very quiet and it kind of catches me and and takes me on a little, almost like a meditation for a minute, which is beautiful. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. That. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a couple that I've thought... <gasps> And I look and they're sold. Some of them have gone really quick. And then, you know, it's quite funny because my favourites still haven't sold. So it's really, oh, it's really hard to judge. But it's isn't so that just the weird way? how that happens. Yeah. I always say that there's good art and bad art, but you can't really judge your art because what is good to someone maybe, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And your least favourite one actually pops in this person's living room and it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so you just 100%. really never know. You just, you just do not know. Exactly. Yeah, this painting behind me was like a mistake. It was black and red at first and it looked a bit evil and demonic. So I painted, I painted over it and it's not even meant to be that way. It's meant to be the other way. It's like a stick figure. Yeah, right. And because it couldn't fit in my lounge room, I put it that way. And then my brother came over one day and he's like, oh, my God, I love that piece. It makes your place look amazing. And then I ended up keeping it. But now, I mean, I think I posted something on one of my reels and I had so many people contacting me wanting, wanting to buy it and to ship it to America. I'm like. Oh no, I can't. It makes my home look good. It's it's. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. I need it. It's some. Yeah, that's the beauty about being an artist. Your walls are never bare. Exactly. You know? I love that. But actually, your last post it was a carousel about getting rid of your artwork. You know, art yes. hanging around. I really enjoyed that. As long as it feels heavy. If it yeah. just if it feels like an exciting stack of invitations then by all means leave it there. But it was just this idea of like if you've got art stacked around and it feels heavy, here are some ideas on how to move it because it is a flow, you know, and when you've got things stacked up and your space is taken up and you start to feel heavy and dried up, that's you're not going to (laughs) be producing anything you know, yeah. valuable no, that, to you that, or anyone that else. That opened my mind, that, mm. that post. It awesome. really did open my mind. It's, like I said, I've got attachment issues to my work and my work being around me inspires new work. And if I forget to do mm. something, I just look at my wall and think, oh, that's how I did yes. it. And I look at her. But the issue is I've got work behind it that doesn't get seen, but I, I've just kept it. And um, I actually put all my other old work at my my husband's father's um, workspace attic so I've got so many different works everywhere but I, I actually do have a collection of things that no one has seen and it's just sort of collecting dust and I really mm. need more time in the day so but yeah what you right I really enjoy that post oh good thanks and do you know it's funny because all this talk about the Instagram algorithm and how limiting it is and how depressing <laughs> it's become because back in the day you could post a beautiful image and you know get 5,000 likes and lots of people yeah. wanting to talk about it. <coughs> that but is now, really interesting. How, how are you finding that transition? Yeah, okay. So I've really struggled with it because you know, I'm the sole provider for my family. So to, to have that limit was really in your face for me. And I dealt a lot with that scarcity mindset and sorting out my energy and really thinking it through, like, <laughs> what is making me feel like this? what does Instagram need? What do my followers need? You know, because sometimes I would show up half-assed, I would, and I would just go, oh, well, this will have to do, this will be a post, you know, I have, I'm supposed to post regularly, so this will (laughs) do. And also because I'm creating so much content for my membership classes and other things like that. Yeah, you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot. I I, kind of felt like there were so many things to really manifest and then feed to create, create energy and flow in my account. And it's crazy. I've I've got a post ready to put up tomorrow just about the difference that I've seen in my reach since I had this mindset shift and just started posting whatever is whatever I'm working on. And I think because I wasn't painting much either, I've just recently done a big commission and that was very effective, the reel for that and the, the images for that. So it's important that I keep painting whether I'm, whether I have commissions or not. I know that that's being very vulnerable in what I'm with the challenges that I'm facing, like that carousel about getting rid of stuff. 
I've got stuff yeah. here that's making me feel heavy that I actually can't get rid of yet. So that was, in effect, <laughs> um, <laughs> a way of me dealing with it and making something beautiful out of it, even though I couldn't get rid of them right now. I was able to process that for myself and figure out other people would be feeling this but wouldn't be aware of it. So this is something yeah. interesting to point out and say, well, there, here are a few avenues of problem solving here that you could, yeah. you know, potentially use your canvases for something else and get that flow going again. And it's so interesting yeah. because because when I said that and so many people were saying, oh, like, oh, phew, how, yeah. how did you know I had this yeah. problem? <laughs> there was so much yeah. engagement on that post and that gave me the boost, the energy that I needed that that I can't get from having my space cleared. Do you see? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I a hundred percent I a hundred percent identify with that one. So yeah, I totally get you. Yeah. I, so think, I, like, I think I think um looking looking for real down to earth content, like we were talking about Gary V, I know that he he's very authentic. You you can yep. tell that he's this real solid, caring individual. No BS about him, you know. And so, how do you get to be that? How do you get to be that for people? It's from being vulnerable and and really yeah. practicing, looking deep within yourself. Like, what are the objections that are coming up for me? Is this BS? Yes. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about it. Let's think, offer this you know, to others. What you said is true because, like, I found like with Instagram, a lot some artists they just um, they only put up their wins, you know, what, you know, I've sold this, yes. this is my win, da, da, da. There was a stage I was, I was doing that. And then I noticed that the posts where I ask my followers a questions would do better. Or mm. um, lately I've been doing reels where I do things that, like I do things that are out of the normal. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't like paintbrushes or I use a unconventional material and I, I talk about that in the reel and I, you know, spin around and show my painting that that's been sort of working out for me lately, but it's because I'm not saying, well, I sold this, you know what I mean? Like it's just because everyone's going through it lately and people want to be part of something and Yep, yeah. part of your story, keep it relatable, I, offer something that's valuable to, to other people. It is yeah. a relationship that you're having with your followers. So I think thinking about it that way really helped me because it can be so much more fun. Lately, my posts have been more about all the weird things that I do on how I produce my art and my history, I suppose. So yeah, I've just been focusing on what that. What are these weird things? Tell me. Well, basically, I used a lot of house paint in a lot of my paintings. Uh, what else have I done? I I've used road paint, like bitumen paint. Um, oh yes, for this work here, yeah. So oh, I love um, that. Do you find the bitumen gets a bit sticky again on a hot day? It took forever to dry. Um, it just sort of it. I had to do the painting flat, and it was it was sticky, but I kind of it was like tar, like it was easy to move and manipulate. So I worked on it. For weeks, it was just such a long process and I just kept removing. I use a chuck swipe in a lot of my work. I use a chuck swipe in this. I, I just don't like paintbrushes, so I just remove the paint with the chuck swipe and then I use <laughs> spray paint. But even in my drawings, I use chuck swipe to apply the paint or I'll use my hands. So mm-hmm. I keep saying it, but I just don't like brushes. I don't like the little marks they make, the scratchy marks, and then I'm hopeless at cleaning them. So mm. I'm, I'm lazy. Oh, I hear that. Yeah. I'm pretty, so I'll buy a really nice brush and I'll paint and then I'll forget about it. And then the next day I'll come to it and it's all dried and crispy. I'm like, oh, I'll go get a chuck swipe and apply the paint. There you go. My gallery owner was pushing that and that was the way to go. But I'm glad that he did because I came up with these styles that I've developed over time, which I really need to go back to again and develop further. It gave me momentum and gave me confidence as a painter. Predominantly, I am an intuitive and I'm an impatient artist. I like to work fast. So mm. for me, my heart and soul are the charcoal emotive drawings and using my hands and fingers. And I could probably do like 15 a day if I had enough paper, if I had a life supply of paper. But yeah, my paintings, but you know, some my paintings actually have made sometimes more of an impact. And um, it's funny because as I was telling you about the pandemic, I had all these works exhibited in the 2009 show that when it was going through a recession, like hardly, maybe I sold about three of them. So I had all this excess paintings that were 
in my house and at my stepfather's studio. And during the pandemic, I sold nearly all of them. (laughs) So it goes to show you can produce a body of work in 2009 and sell out in 2020. So it's just amazing. You know, yeah, no one Don't wanted it back then. <laughs> well, no, it's just it absolutely blows my mind that no one wanted it back then. But you know, when you when you go to an art gallery, there's only a small amount of people that see your work. Whereas mm-hmm. if Instagram, everyone sees your work. So if that's Instagram right. allows it, but, <laughs> but then often those that smaller group of people have come ready to purchase art. <laughs> that's true that's true so there you go I mean that that was just another rejection I felt you know I felt like I produced my best body of work in 2009 I only sold a fraction of it at that very show Mm. and then I didn't have a show after that again so 13 what how many years later then sold most (laughs) of them so it goes to show like you can be rejected but you know something might happen later on I mean just don't don't give up that's right (laughs) so um so can you describe those pieces what what were they about obviously female form still so talking about the 2009 painting yeah acrylic on canvas they're actually oil on canvas every time I had a show I tried to do something a little bit different it was more of a neutral sort of fleshy toned and it was really abstract and almost bones that were broken apart and formed back together in a weird shape and almost half human, half bird. So I'd give, I'd do the face of a human, but then I'd give it a beak. So I did all these drawings in my sketchbook and they were really odd and I quite liked them. Then I just developed them onto canvas. So I'd start off actually with the base of house paint. Because it was acrylic, it was fine. And then paint on top with oil. First sketch it on with charcoal because I need to draw everything. I just can't do anything without drawing. And then I would just add in some oil paint, time slotting and prioritizing. And I'd have to take myself off social media for maybe two months, probably hire a studio and just work solidly to do large works. That would be my ideal situation. Yeah. So are you working in a room of your home at the moment? Actually, my dining room. Um, we right. sit at the kitchen. We sit at the kitchen bench to have dinner every night because we've made that sacrifice. I only live in a like a two bedroom apartment. I've lived here for a long time, and it's actually the first room in the house. It, it is meant to be a sitting down dining room area with a table, but mm. it's always been my art room. My architect's cabinet that holds all my drawings is really large and heavy, so that takes up a lot of space. And I just work around it. I have my easel that my dad made for me in the 90s, so I'm really sentimental. I don't want to get into one even though. Yeah, it, he made it for me, so it's special. So, um, And it's my lucky charm, like my lucky pants. I, I wear sort of the same Aww. pants when I draw paint all <laughs> over them. But, yeah, it's just a small room in the house. But you know what? I mean, my family is happy to eat at the kitchen bench. Sometimes my husband's like, oh, I'd like to have that room, but you know, we're not going to move. And it's actually really expensive to hire a studio in Mm, where I live. So wherever I can cut costs, I will. But I, as I said to you before, because I work late at night and that's when my favorite time to create, there's no point in me hiring a studio because I'm not going to travel somewhere in the middle of the night. Yep. You're making it work. I'm and making I, it work. It's a really important point because, you know, I'm I'm really all about empowering people who perhaps have excluded themselves from a creative practice because they don't have space. I think that if if you understand the value that can come out of it, that you will make those sacrifices and find spaces to work in and just yeah, figure I mean, it out. I, if, if someone came up to me and said that, I would say, use your kitchen bench because I used to love, I mean, even when my jo- my studio is full, I'll just go to my kitchen bench and do some sketches because it's just big and bare and everyone's got a kitchen bench at home. But, yeah, I used to feel a bit, I never wanted to invite people over to my house because as soon as they walked in, there was a, an art studio and I have charcoal all over the place. Like, <laughs> I bet you do. No white couches for you. Uh, yeah, I have charcoal all over the floor and it's pretty dirty and it's cluttered. Lately I've just relaxed and when people come over they sort of they they like it. They're yeah, interested and they look at the artwork. Yeah, right. they look at the artwork and they they understand that that's me. And so I've relaxed about that now. But oh, I, I imagine like, this space would be alive. Like the energy of it would be really beautiful. That would be actually really special to have that thing with that energy in your home that a lot of people don't have. Yeah, they start they stop and stare and they're curious. So it's it's a good talking point. 
So I can just sort of relax about instead of thinking, oh, it needs to be a dining room. So yeah, I'm over yeah. that now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is me. This is how it is. It. <laughs> just, just like what we were saying, once you get over 40, you're just like, no, nah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, 100%, 100%. Don't need a special light to make me look better. <laughs> yeah, my beauty lamp is over there. I'm not using it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, let me just see if I've got any. I think we've answered all the. Okay, I've got one question here. What idea or practices are most exciting to you these days? Pretty much, I'd have to say it's my speed sketching. I absolutely love it. It's just a break from everything. It's like meditation for me. And I feel like I get a lot of content from it and it's just breaking down my ideas to just most simple complex forms and I can just see them large. I just wish I had enough time to develop that further, but I I will eventually. I just Mm. don't know when. So, but you know what I love about it? I just love that you are making a practice that is completely purely about process. It's not at all about any finished product exactly. at all. <laughs> and that's why it's so magic and yeah. energizing. Uh, I absolutely love that balance and I think I need it. It's just, it's completely freeing. It's so freeing and anything can happen and no one cares. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, least of all me. Yeah. So, so it's somewhere really... for you to really play. Oh, there's so many books like it thrift stores and anyone could be practicing this and it doesn't have to be 100%. like figure figure drawing could just be I almost little threw that out because and- I exactly I mean it was through COVID it was like you know how everyone was decluttering their home and I was going through my bookshelf <laughs> and that old dictionary I've got an old thesaurus as well and I was like I was just about to like give it away I just thought I'm just gonna start drawing in it and then it's just become a thing for me because I just enjoy it so much just the lack of pressure yeah. So, oh, it's exciting to me just talking to you about it. I, I'm. I think I'm going to look for something. Do it every day. Yeah, do it. <laughs> it's like it's like yoga, yoga drawing. That's what I call it. So That's yeah, beautiful. I've just been putting my process on my reels here and there. Some and it's inspired some people to do it themselves, which I'm really happy about. And that's what I want. I just want people to, you know, think a little bit differently and try something different. You don't have to just produce a beautiful finished piece of work every day. Yes. Absolutely. That's it. Pressure off. What would you say the next level looks like at this stage? Because I know that things can change, like your projections can change, but just today, what does the next level look like for you? That's actually a really tough question. I have to be a hundred percent honest. I just need to draw every day. Okay. And that has been my mission from when I was a young girl and it's almost as if I, I need to respect that mission. So mm. I need to just do drawing without thinking of a show or thinking of what I need to put in the mm. collection. So if I can get that done, I I feel good about myself. It's what I really love to do and it's what is me. So it's important that I don't forget about that. Beautiful. Um, 100% through all my tough times when I was rejected and no one wanted my work, I still was drawing. So it has always been there for me. I don't know what the future brings for me. I don't know if I'm going to be up and down on Instagram or I don't know if I'm going to have another show and I don't know how I'm going to go in NFT world, but I'll still be drawing my my ladies. Oh, you know, I love and, that. And this is your long-term love affair. Yes. And when I have white hair, I'll still be doing it. It's <laughs> just, I want it, it just gives me purpose and I just can't imagine my life without it. And sometimes we forget about the love of what we do. Yeah. So if you can just tune into it and just block out the noise. But yeah, that's my next level. Yeah, I, I need to continue on doing what I'm always doing. Mm-hmm. However, you know, all the external things, I'm still going to give it a crack. In my mind, nothing is ever guaranteed anymore. Nothing. So you just have to keep pivoting as an artist, for me anyway. It's really solid advice and a really beautiful note to finish on. I've so much enjoyed this chat. Thanks oh, again. Thank you. It's so yeah, funny because I, I actually well. didn't I didn't start. Like we didn't actually start. Because <laughs> usually you say, oh, and today I'm speaking with Carmel Jenkin and welcome and like <laughs> oh, you didn't do any like, of that. We how just you are, how you are on Instagram is how you are as a person. You are just you're just you. And that's why I just got along with you straight away. And I just already <laughs> had questions for you. But I you awesome. know. Yeah, no, I admire you a lot. 
and not just oh, artistically you. but as a mother and what you do for others as well so you you're like an all-rounder for me so you represent a lot especially to the community as well the art community so thank you for being I you. really appreciate it <laughs> thank no, you for welcome. those words <laughs> I'm sure well, I'm not the only one that thinks that <laughs> Oh, it just, yeah, that's so heartwarming. And it honestly is all I could hope for. I know that life is hard. Like this world hurts. It really hurts. Yeah. And if if people could just understand what's available to them, just with this mindset switch, everything can open up. And we need that. Humanity needs that more than ever. Yeah. So yeah. that's that, that's kind of my mission. I'm not, I don't want to rise alone. <laughs> I'm so everybody, everybody take me. a nap. Everybody should <laughs> yes. take a nap. Everyone take a nap. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that's my, those are my last words. <laughs> and, and also normalize it. So make a post. Say, I was going to yeah. do this. That's what I was yeah. supposed to do, but that, I'm going to have that, that instead. I love that post. I just <laughs> stared at it. I was laughing. I go, oh my God. Like <laughs> no, well, do you know what? Like I wouldn't have said it if somebody hadn't had emailed me and said, when are you going live next? Because I had talked about it somewhere and so I told them what time and then so I had this accountability in the back of my head like that person's yeah, going to yeah. be looking for this so I better just say yeah. something. Oh, no, but it then was it awesome. turned into a, a whole other like exciting thing that helped everyone take a load off. It did. It was the best. I loved it. <laughs> so good. I will. Well, okay. I'll post all, right. all your links and, and everything so that people can find you and it's been it such a, a pleasure. Fun, yeah? Yeah, no, it's been it's been fabulous talking to you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It was a long one. If you made it to the end, thank you for listening. I hope that you got a lot out of that conversation. Mostly, I want you to know that you can take pressure off. Well, I guess it's about taking pressure off in some ways and applying it to other ways that are more natural to the human spirit. So showing up consistently, having a love affair with your creativity, committing to a daily art practice, committing to finding this something more that is inside of you and giving it a voice. There's just no telling what will unfold from this. This is the treasure in you. There's a lot here to be gleaned from Carmel's story, turning pain into art. Can you see how things unfold and how we learn to pivot? And I believe that this idea of pivoting is essentially a creative function. Because in creativity, we discern what resources we have and how to use them, how to reorganize things depending on the need. So I want to encourage you in your creativity, in your beautiful, unique creative identity, the flame that's burning inside of you, because you are actually the art. And I'm going to keep reminding you. <laughs> So yeah, go check out Carmel Jenkins' website and social medias. Isn't she radical? I'm so grateful to have connections with people. And I, I really believe that this is a gift that social media gives us as frustrating as it can be. We have our voice and we have our connections and that is enough. If this podcast has been inspiring to you, please consider sharing it and also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can do that by going to the main page of my podcast and you'll see that you can rate me some stars and leave a review. I'd appreciate that so much. And also I should just add too that if you're resonating with my words and my message and my voice, you can pop over to my website and look at all the ways that you can work with me. I have online courses and coaching and even a monthly membership to help with your creative continuity. There's over 60 classes with new ones dropping twice a month. Perfect for beginners and practicing artists alike. We'd love to have you. Peace on your heart. Peace on your home.